Welcome to the Shema Podcast, the podcast for the perplexed, where Torah insights intertwine through personal stories as well as interviews with leading Torah scholars demonstrate the empowering qualities of Torah and mitzvot. For more great Torah learning through Torch, the Torah Outreach Center of Houston, go to torchweb.org. Now to the show. Welcome back to the Shema Podcast. I am very excited for this episode. This is such an important topic that I want to discuss with you, something that, of course, whenever I bring up a topic, it's because it's something I need to be learning about. It's something I need to deepen and develop. And the topic at hand is Amuna. It's something that we are all fighting constantly and pushing for in advancing ourselves in this area. And so what is Amuna? The best way I had it described to me is through a teaching of Rabbi Nassan, a student of Rabbi Nachman. And he said that if one does not know in every moment of their life that every single thing that's being orchestrated around you is being orchestrated by God, every minute, minute detail is being orchestrated by God, and that's all being done for your best, for your best interest, which is to draw closer to God. And he says, if one does not know that in every moment, then even if someone says, I believe in God, every moment from when they wake up to when they go to sleep at night, they're still an atheist, which is very hard musar, but very true. And so we find ourselves sort of oscillating back and forth, at least I do. And the way I always sort of see it as well is it's like a scale. Whatever the issue is that's sort of outside of learning Torah and following mitzvot and the things that are really what Hashem wants us to focus on, you know, for instance, our livelihood. You know, the more we say we're in control of how much money we make, you know, it's up to us, our business acumen, the amount of effort we put in, then the more God says, okay, the more of it is on you. And the more we say, it's really, that's Hashem's responsibility. I play a part, but really it's up to God. He determines how much money I make. Then God takes that effort away from us. The same with something that's something we really need to focus on right now. And that is our health. You know, the more we say, that whether or not we get sick is something that's due to a random act of nature, the more God allows that to be the case. And the more we say that only God is the one that causes someone to get sick and only God is the one that heals someone, the more he takes over in that role. So in order to discuss this subject, I wanted for you to have the ultimate best, the best person to speak about that. And who better to speak about Amuna than the master of Amuna, the doctor of Amuna, Rabbi Brody, Rabbi Brody, welcome to the Shema Podcast. I'm so delighted that you're here with us today. Thank you so much, Dan. It's good to be here. I have a question for you to get started. Well, first, actually, you know what? For anyone who may not know who you are, can you provide a brief little introduction of your background and what led you to focus on this area and help the Jewish people deepen their amuna? First of all, for all our friends in the U.S. to know that uh, you hear from my accent, it's very American. I was born in the U.S. I've been in Israel since 1970. I grew up in uh, suburban Maryland. I'm a graduate, agricultural graduate for the University of Maryland, former athlete. I went to Israel in 1970 at the age of 21. Uh, the first thing I did in Israel, went to kibbutz, and shortly after that, I went into the IDF, served many years in a good combat unit, the IDF. And my last, that was from the time I was 21 to the time I was 39, and my last 11 years in the IDF from 39 to age 50 was as a military chaplain when I had a touch and go with my second touch and go with the angel of death, 
This is my second war, which was in the Shlomo Galil, 1982, which is the first Lebanon war. And I got out of there alive. I started thinking that there's something more than what my fun and games in the world. And I started searching for meaning in life that led me to Hashem, that led me to pure Amuna, to Jewish faith. Now, once again, I say Jewish faith, not religion. What we're talking about tonight, we're not talking about anything that has to do with religion. We're talking about faith. And Dan gave a good introductory definition of Amuna, but it's part of it. Really what Amuna is, it's your personal relationship with your creator. I had a whole journey and odyssey that took me from my farm. So my farm took me to total immersion studies of Torah in Jerusalem to uh, my rabbinical ordination, which was in 1990, my first ordination. And uh, I did my first job as a rabbi was uh, where I did heavyweight uh, internship in emotional problems. I was a rabbi of a prison and behind bars, you've got every hang up that can be. And that was a time teaching. And over the years, over the years, I found out that what I wanted to do more than anything, you know, there's all different types of rabbis, just like they're doctors. They say they're doctors, there's oncologists, and there's pediatric pediatricians, and there's obstetricians, there's all kinds of rabbis. There's synagogue rabbis, and theoretical rabbis, and religious court rabbis. People said, what kind of rabbi are you? I say, I'm an emunologist. Okay. I devote my time in emunah because really, this is something, tikuna olam. Emunah is something not just for Jewish people, for all of humanity. All of humanity, the lit mitzvah of emunah, which is the first mitzvah of the Torah, it is also the first of the seven Noahide mitzvahs, which obligates all of mankind. And when we say in the Olenu prayer three times a day, we say it every single day of the year, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, uh, uh, Shabbat, we say the whole b'nei mecha. And all of living flesh will call your name. So how's that going to happen? Only by spreading Amuna in light of the nations. And this is what I've uh, devoted my life to. And one thing, because of my background, I came up in a secular American family. And, you know, people can't say, oh, you're a rabbi. You don't know what it is. You've never been in the army. Oh, who hasn't been in the army? Oh, you don't know. You guys are mercatory. You don't know what secular education. You don't have a secular education. Spent five years in university. Hashem, the bachelor's and postgrad. So Hashem gave me a special ability that to speak to people from all backgrounds. And even at, at this age, where I'm past 70, I still keep myself in good shape. I think I'm maybe one of the older rabbis in the world. I know one other on the West Coast of the United States who's also a rabbi and a certified health fitness coach. I'm, I'm also a certified fitness coach. And so I deal in body and soul. Help people in body and soul. Emuna is health of the soul. On a healthy soul, you get the healthy body. And now we have a specially challenging time. It's good. Uh, it, good. We're here with with Dan and on on the on the podcast for the perplexed because people are going through tough times with uh, COVID. And I think that that brings us up to now. I don't want to take too long. It's not about that. This is your life. Uh, Dan, why don't you ask me your next question? Yeah, uh, Rabbi. So. Here's something I was wondering about. You know, I, I studied Musar with Rabbi Ari Wolby, and it seems like all the Musar traits, there's equilibrium in there between one's extreme to the other. But when it comes to it's to me, maybe there's more, but two things were supposed to go the extreme. One is humility and one is Amuna. And it seems like there is an inverse correlation there. 
and that they are somehow very connected with one another. Is that true? And if so, uh, can you elaborate on that? Okay, yeah. You have to Where remember one, one thing. There are emuna and humility are like everything else. Uh, the classic Musar book, Orchus Sadiqim, he talks about every single mida, every single character trait, and talks about the positive aspect and the negative aspect. Now, a person could have a muna, but it's the wrong type of a muna. A muna is something other than in Hashem, heaven forbid. A person could be humble, but we have, when it comes to doing Hashem's will, not humble. When Hashem says, listen, you go to war and uh, you have to protect the Jewish people and protect the land of Israel. And there's enemies of Israel. I'm not humble anymore. Okay. I got to be a victor and I got to stand courageously from my homeland for this. So humility is as far as a second person, you're man to man to fellow man, man to fellow man, right? It's the opposite of pride. But there is a place, there's a place where a person could go wrong. And the evil inclination tries to take a good character trait and carry it into the wrong thing. So we, that's why we have to learn. We have to learn what the Torah expects of us, both in Amuna and both in humility. But as far as good side humility and good side Amuna, there's no limit. There is no limit. You're right about that. Because it seems like a lot of Amuna is about letting go of the things that we don't control or that really Hashem wants to control that we attempt to control. Exactly. The people, you know, the, the, the modern the modern expression, a control freak. People have all their problems because everybody's a control freak. When do people get stressed? Take a look at this, Dan. When does a person start feeling anxiety? As soon as he or she feels that they lost control. If a person thinks, okay, thinks uh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go work and I'm going to get so much a day's wages and I'm going to come back or I'm going to get so much commission and back. And he calculates that he needs to work seven hours, eight hours, six hours for his day's wages. And he gets them. That's fine. He, this, a person like that is under the impression that everything is up to him. But what happens when all of a sudden somebody's in lockdown and so many people, madam, sir, you cannot open your store. Oh, you have a wedding hall? You can't have wedding halls. That's lockdown. This is lockdown. All of a sudden, people see that their ability to control, they're locked from the right and locked from the left, left, but you're not locked from up there. Okay, so what what does a person do in a situation like that? King David says, Hashem, I take my whole pekala, my whole pack of problems, I throw it in your lap. Well, this I should do anyway. First, when a person did everything with Hashem, I'll give you an example, Dan. Uh, it's not just a matter of making a living in health. We're talking about the big things. Somebody as, takes a walk with me and we'll come to the to a crossroads, cross the street, and they listen. I'll say, I'm over shame, help us cross the street safely. So the person did that last day. He says, what? He says, Rabbi, you pray to cross the street safely? I said, what's that foregone conclusion? How many times you go all of a sudden you get a Mack truck or somebody that doesn't pay attention to traffic light and – puts on, heaven forbid, heaven forbid, on a person's gravesite, I had the right away. No, no, you have to know nothing is a foregone conclusion. COVID has come to teach us Amuna. COVID, like everything else from the Shem, is all for the ultimate good because people take everything granted. Nobody takes another day's life for granted anymore. Nobody takes another hour of life for granted anymore. You see people on respirators. You see people in helpless situations from what? From a tiny, people take their taste buds for granted anymore. That's the first one of the signs of, of COVID. Can't taste, can't smell. See, one by one, people think, ah, it's like, it's Ray, the judge, I'll pray at home and we'll go to shul. Oh, they appreciate the ability to be able to go to synagogue. Okay. And now they're fighting for the, for the privilege of going to synagogue. 
they take it for granted or the people didn't properly respect all types of things in life that we took for granted that we didn't even see the importance that they thought are natural. No, Shem says not that. That's not the way. Before the Geula, before the full redemption of people and before Mashiach, we have to strengthen ourselves in Amuna. And Hashem gives us the circumstances we need to strengthen ourselves in Amuna. Beautiful. And this is one of the things I wanted to get to, Rabbi, because I, I see how everyone is in fear of the COVID-19, a virus, or they're in fear of the vaccine. And, and then a lot of people say, oh, I just can't wait for the vaccine to come because then everything will go back to the way it was. And I'm thinking to myself, God created this for a reason. Did he really just create it for a temporary reason where we wouldn't be able to travel, go on vacation? And because he was trying to design things so that for the benefit of the shareholders of a few pharmaceutical companies and then everything's going to go back to normal. To me, that does not make any sense. There's a much bigger picture here, something. And who wants it to go back the way it was when no one acknowledged God and everyone took everything for granted? I don't want to go back to that. I want us to elevate the way the world operates. And so you have a lot of fear, but to me, it seems like a lot of us are misplacing that fear. And I'd like you to sort of talk about and reconcile this pandemic and how people should relate to it and use it not to go into a state of fear, but go into a state of personal growth. Okay. If you open up a little inspirational book called Three Words of Amuna by Laser Brody, it tells you standing on one foot, three things. First of all, the three words of Amuna are Ein, Od, Milvado. There's no one but Hashem. And that is an encapsulation of our first principle, Amuna, that he alone, Hashem alone, did, does, and will do everything. Nothing, nothing, nothing is an exception of the rule. Okay, everything comes from Hashem, all right? Even the good and the seemingly opposite. But ultimately, everything is good. So if you open up that, you see that everything, like you mentioned in the beginning, everything is for the best. COVID is no exception. Now, if we look at the framework of time, Hashem's design for the world the Gomorrah Tractate of Odazar says there's 2,000 years of chaos, then 2,000 years of Torah, then 2,000 years of Messianic period. We are the end at the end of the 2,000 years, the pre-Messianic period. Hashem is preparing the world and all the preconditions, as it says in the Gomorrah Tractate Soda 49b, they're all, all happening one by one. You can go to the Gomorrah, it's like a, a, a play, like a program for Mashiach. Hashem wants to bring Mashiach. But Hashem can't bring Mashiach if we have tiny Amuna. Let's suppose our Amuna is like a 40 white light bulb. But the light of Mashiach and the light of faith in the world is going to be so bright that if you take 500 watts of electricity and put it through a 40 watt bulb, it's going to explode. Hashem's a loving father. He wants us to prepare ourselves and to strengthen ourselves. Just like a person understands in physical conditioning. In physical conditioning, a person has to go in order to make the body fit in order to go into atrophy, uh, into hypertrophy instead of atrophy, to increase the muscle mass, a person has to go out of comfort zone. The same thing to increase our, quote, muscle mass, our amuna mass, a person has to go out of comfort zone. You can't increase your amuna by eating chocolate ice cream. It doesn't work that way. Okay. But now Hashem gives us a big test and a person knows, and here's what you're asking, Dan. Okay, what's going on with COVID? Look in Israel. They think of oh, the vaccine is, is the savior. Okay, we've already had the vaccine, and we don't take the vaccine because it's logical or not. I took both vaccines, first of all, because of my age. My physician told me to, and my my rabbi told me to. Melitz Rebbe. And throw intellect aside, 
and do according to Muna, do what the, the, the halacha says. You go according to your, your physician and according to your rub. My physician, I trust. My rabbi, I trust. This way I did it. But not for a moment do I put my hope in a COVID vaccine. Many people in Israel do. Now, in addition to the British mutation, which is really, it's like wildfire in Israel, there's now the Ebola mutation from Africa. And they found just yesterday a third mutation that's called an Israeli mutation. And the Israeli mutation is the first mutation that has shown resistance to the vaccine. Ah, so now we see, wait a second, it's not the vaccine. What Hashem wants of us, Hashem wants us to get closer. We get closer by two things, by strengthening ourselves in Amuna and by cleaning up our act in life, tshuva. In other words, a person can't hope, okay, I'm going to go with fun and games and I'm going to go to the football game on Shabbat, do things I shouldn't do, what, what the Torah says shouldn't be done, and then expect Hashem to, to send Mashiach. doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way. We all know that we have to behave and conduct ourselves at a place of work and in, in, in a society according to the standards of our employer, the standards of the workplace, standards of society. Torah is no different, and especially in the land of Israel. In the land of Israel, it's the king's palace. And you can't act in a king's palace like you might act outside the palace. So if you can see what's happening in Israel, and that's uh, the Jews all over the world have to take note of this. But uh, it's not, we do our, it's called our ishtadlut. We do our effort with the the vaccine. And uh, I'm not here to argue yes vaccine or no vaccine because I have no opinion on it. I have no opinion. I just ask my physician and ask my Rav and somebody else wants to know. And I'll say, Dan, you ask your physician and you ask your Rav. Exactly. But the, 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 it's not like we're supposed to have a Mona and avoid getting meeting with doctors, getting their advice, using medication, but we're just knowing that we're asking that God use them as vehicles. Exactly. Exactly. That's like saying, that's like saying, you know, something, I'm going to fly a plane. All right. And I'm going to have a Muna. They know where to go. I'm not going to use my avionics. I'm not going to use vectors. I'm not going to have contact with the ground. Hold it. Shem, you have all kinds of tools, all kinds of navigational tools. I'm going to use my navigational tools. And doctors, our physicians, God bless them, and our, our spiritual guides, God bless them. Even doesn't matter who a spiritual guide is. People ask me, what's the first characteristic I should look in a spiritual guide? So look who his spiritual guide is. In other words, so you don't think he's the top of the line. Top of the line is Moses. All right. So we take somebody that and that's why I, I tried to pick the very best one I could, the Melitzer Rebbe, who's son after son of the Baal Shem Tov. I'll say that, you know, we just started a program at Torch called Torch Plus. So everyone, not only are we entitled to Torah, but we're entitled to have a rabbi, a personal rabbi to teach us. So we're expanding so everyone has opportunity to learn with the rabbi one-on-one. And the reason I feel that's so important is because what I've learned from both Rabbi Ari and Rabbi Yokoff Wolby and Rabbi Busco is more in the Torah they teach. It's just observing how they behave and, and learning from the way they interact and operate through life, which is with a very high level of Muna. That's what I get most from beyond just the words of Torah they teach me. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I'll take this example. I haven't had the privilege of getting Rabbi Bosco, not getting to know Rabbi Bosco better, but Rabbi Arya and I are like brothers. We're very close. Rabbi Arya's grandfather, the Aleishur, he was one of the greatest Musar Rabam of the previous generation. Rabbi Arye, he saw his grandfather. He learned directly from his grandfather. He has such a rich tradition. This is exactly what I'm talking about, Dan. 
Okay. When you talk about you choose a, a, a rabbi like Rabbi Arya Volby, you're choosing a, a platinum, platinum class rabbi. I'll tell you that the greatest Torah lesson I got was a few weeks ago. I said, hey, as the president of Torch, I want to do some 12-month cash flow modeling. So I built the spreadsheet with all the cash outflows, and I got Rabbi Ari on the phone on, online. I said, okay, I need you to plug in the top part when donations will come in each month. And he's like, I have no idea. I was like, well, what? and my heart was palpitating. What do you mean? He's like, well, we have pledges, but I don't know when people are going to be inspired to actually make the donation. He goes, that, that top part of the spreadsheet, Dan, that's for Hashem. My job is to teach Torah. I let him worry about that. And that's when I realized what a deficiency I have in Amuna and why I wanted to explore it again and exercise it and talk to you once again. That's, that's one of the reasons I love Rabbi Ari so much. Torch, why, why have a chance to everybody? If you're in America, stick to Torch. Stick to Torch. This is unsolicited, okay, an objective. I do things with Kiruv organizations all over the world, all over the world. And as far as Kiruv organizations all over the world, Torch is one of my top three. Thank you, Rabbi. I appreciate the support. And I am going to be, by the way, providing links to all your amazing books because they are my, my go-tos as well. Also, I always was very unclear on something. The difference between Bitacone, Trust, and Amuna. What is the difference between them and how do they fit and play off? Great question. Great question. Okay. Uh, the difference between Amuna and Trust and Bitachon, Amuna and Bitachon, Bitachon is Trust. I categorize it like this. It's my own personal definition. Uh, Bitachon is Applied Amuna in Financial Matters. In other words, when does Bitochen come into play? When I'm faced with a financial challenge that I don't have the money for, but I know this is something that it's part of my mission in life or something Hashem wants me to do. And I am sure that the more positive I am, that Hashem is going to give me what I need. That's Bitochen. Okay, that's Bitochen. Bitochen is not that Hashem is going to give me what I want. When a person says, I'm sure that Hashem is going to give me a surfing vacation in Maui. Wait a second, time out. Maybe it's not good for you. Maybe you'd get injured in that. Maybe it's not going to be good for your, for your spirituality. It's not good. But if you say, I am sure that Hashem is going to give me the money I need to belong to a community and helps my learning and, and my davening. I say, oh, you want to belong to a nice community center? You want, let's say, it costs, costs so much dues to belong to your, your Jewish community center. Shem's going to give it to you. That's what you need to get closer to Shem. Shem's going to give it to you. That's bitochan. That's bitochan. Emuna is all over. Bitochan, I call it applied emuna in financial matters. Perfect. I, I appreciate that, especially someone who's in the uh, investment business. I was, I'll tell you, my first, my very first experience with this was 10 years ago when I first learned the truth about Torah and I started studying, I read the book, The Garden of Amuna, and it was like right when that was happening, I started having major financial problems. I was like, wow, why are you giving me financial problems? I'm studying Torah now. I'm trying to be observant. I believe that you, you're there. And I learned about the mitzvah of tzedakah, and I was looking at my cash flow, my spreadsheet, and saw that I was like $500 shy of paying my bills. So I said, fine. I took $500. I gave it to tzedakah. It came back a few days later in various checks. I was like, ah, I sort of, I, you could rationalize where those checks came from. So I took a thousand dollars. I said, my bills aren't due for another three weeks. And I gave that off Sadaka because what I wanted to know that this was true, what I wanted was that Amuna. And a week and a half later, 
a check for over $3,500 a rise from a place I would never have expected. And then Slam I done Sadaka. It was never an issue, but it was like that, that honeymoon stage is something I always sort of always enjoy. And it seems like God's always giving those to me. If you recall, I called you when I first moved here to the community back in September, August. And I was challenged once again. It's like he's constantly doesn't want us to stay static. You know, he'll always put weights on there and say, no, you need to, you need to step it up a little bit. I had to get a little bit of a pep talk from you, but it, it does seem like he's always orchestrating events because he wants us to develop our moon because that is in effect our level of closeness to him. Correct. That's good. Dan, let me elaborate on that one point. That's such a significant point because so many people ask me, Hey, say, Robert, what's going on here? I read your books and I read this and I'm, I'm praying to Shem for, for enhanced Amuna. And now my life is even more difficult. <laughs> I said, wait a second, Dan, you tell me one thing. Yeah. Okay. You got, you guys in America like baseball, right? What is more honorable? A guy that hit 340 in the A League minors, and now he's brought up to the Dallas, the, the, the Dallas, the Houston baseball team. And his first year as a rookie, he hits 260 in the majors. He says, Oh, I'm going down so terrible. Last year I was at an all ball star and 340, and now I'm only hitting 260. I think his first year in the majors hitting 260. Why? He's going up a league. And person knows that he's in high school golden gloves. That's much less difficult battle than the U.S. Olympic team. And that's less difficult battle than a professional uh, boxing championship. As you go up the league, it comes more and more difficult. Now, if a person would not have these tests of Amuna, he'd think down, well, maybe I'm already fine. I'm already high level of Amuna. Okay, it could be you're doing good. You got to level 70 Amuna. But Hashem knows that you've got a potential for 95 Amuna. So he wants to raise you up to the majors. So now the pitching gets a little more difficult. Life gets a little more difficult. It's you're doing even better because you're now practicing Amuna at a higher spiritual level. And that's in a higher league. Okay. So don't get confused. The Yatzer will tell you, oh, you're no good. You're doing worse. No. But if you look at the side of holiness, you're in a higher league. And that's what's happening. I appreciate you taking the time back then to give me a little pep talk. And I, I am reminding myself now that God does not put more weight on the bar to use the weightlifting analogy unless he knows that we can lift it. You got it. He's not going to let it. He's not going to let it come back on our neck and choke us. He knows. We got can it. Lift it. And the first time you're only going to do four reps and you keep on going after two weeks, you're doing 10 reps. Okay. Of that same weight. And then you're going up a weight and up a weight and up a weight. But just got to be careful. People have to be careful in spirituality too, not to fool themselves that they're a higher level than they are. Because if you try to pick up too much weight, you pull muscle and you pull a spiritual muscle. What happens when you pull a spiritual muscle, a person gets disappointed uh, that he falls down and then he's in the hands of the Yatzer. Take it easy. Don't run. Take it easy. Pray for it all the time. Pray for it little by little. All Hashem wants is that you're a tiny bit better than you were yesterday. And every day at a tiny bit better, <laughs> you're going to be home free. By the end of the year, you've done fantastic, fantastic growth. Rabbi, I appreciate you you coming on. This is such an important message at all times. I think even more now with the pandemic and the stress of some people's concerns for their health and their livelihood, this is exactly what they need. You have a podcast yourself that are great little doses called Amuna Beams. Where can you find that uh, podcast? You can find it at amunabeams.com. That's all you got to put in there, your browser. And there also are our blog and a podcast you could find on brodyhealth.com, health of body, mind, and soul. B-R-O-D-Y-H-E-A-L-T-H, brodyhealth.com. 
And that's our, our, our blog. And the podcast is on emunabeams, E-M-U-N-A-B-E-A-M-S dot com. It's important for all of us to always know that the Torah, the mitzvot, aren't, they're all there for one reason, to develop the amuna. And you provide us that, that focus that we need to remember what we're really working towards in all our levels of observance. So thank you so much for everything you do for the Jewish people. Thank you. It's a delight and a privilege and honor being with you in particular and doing for the Jewish people in general. Okay. Thank you, God bless you and your work and your private work and your work with Torch. It's so fantastic. And with the podcast, this is also fantastic. And Hashem should give you success in all these areas, Dan. And, and, and may Hashem give you continued success in, in reaching out to the Jewish people and developing their Muna and something that's so needed right now. So thank you for your time, Rabbi. I appreciate you coming on. Have a great day. God bless big hug, Dan. You'll get All it right. next time I'm in Houston or next time you're in Israel. You got it. Take okay. care. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Torch so they can continue to spread Torah wisdom to the world by making a donation at torchweb.org and clicking donate in the top right corner of the page. And if you would like to get in contact with our host with comments, suggestions for future topics of learning, or questions for him or his guest rabbis, you may email him at president at torchweb.org.